Thank you, worship team. Well, good morning. We had another good week in the McLean household. We had some of our, we had my family over uh, for part of this past week. We got to celebrate uh, uh, Kayla and my best friend Luke's wedding, upcoming wedding yesterday for her wedding shower. Um, we're excited uh, for that, or at least I'm excited uh, for that. Um, uh, but so it's been a good week. Uh, it's good to see uh, you all uh, with uh, the daylight savings time uh, this morning. Somehow or another, I actually had extra time this morning. So I stood outside and I saw the sunrise and I saw two deer strolling through uh, the, the field out back. One of them had a limp, uh, which was sad. Uh, but, but it made me long for the day uh, in which Christ is going to return to this earth um, and establish his Father's kingdom here on earth. And we will have unlimited time with, with God and his son Jesus and our other loved ones. Um, with no, no daylight savings time or anything, as, as far as I'm aware. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to enjoy God's creation uh, like I was able to this morning and, and seeing the beautiful sunrise. Um, and everything wrong with this world will be made right. And, and the lion will eat straw, the bear and the cow will graze together, the nursing child child will play with the cobra. And, and just the hope that I had uh, this morning, the reminder uh, of God's coming kingdom, uh, which uplifted uh, my spirit uh, this morning. So a couple weeks ago, uh, we started a series entitled Giving God Your Best. And two weeks ago, as we started the series, uh, Giving God Your Best, we talked about giving God your best efforts. And kind of the theme verse, uh, Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not human masters. So in other words, give God your best effort. And that could be kind of a theme first throughout the series is giving God your best. We should be giving God. God our best. And effort is certainly something that we should be giving God our best of. And the beauty of effort is that we have 100% control on the amount of effort that we give. Nobody, no thing can stop you from giving 100% effort. So whether you're at home, work, school, or church, whatever it may be, we should all be giving 100% effort and giving God the glory. Last week, as we continue the series, Giving God Your Best, we talked about giving God our best time. And time is our most valuable resource that we have. Time. Time is so valuable. And I hope each and every one of you guys understand the importance and the value of your time. I don't think there's a single uh, more resource that is more valuable than time. And there's many ways in which we can give uh, God our time, but the two main ways in which we talked about uh, last week uh, was through prayer and reading our Bibles, through scriptures like 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 or 17 and Psalm 1-2. Uh, we see that we should be praying and reading God's word on a daily basis, day in and day out. We should be praying to God and, and reading God's word on a daily basis. And all of us fall into one of four categories. One, either we give God no time in our lives. So we, we, we don't spend any time in prayer or reading. Another category is we give God the scraps of our time uh, through prayer and reading his word and whatever else. Two we, or three, we could give God a decent or a good amount of our time. And finally, you can give God the best amount of your time. You, you fall, everybody falls into one of those four categories. And I challenged you guys and encourage you guys to wherever you identify yourself in those four categories, I encourage you guys to progress and in the direction of giving God your best time. 
And so today, as we continue uh, this series, Giving God Our Best, or Giving God Your Best, we'll be talking about uh, the subject or the resource of money. And yes, I understand that the topic of money is taboo from the church. It's kind of this idea that we shouldn't really be talking about money in church or it's a taboo subject from the pulpit. And I think it's a bummer that money is seen as a taboo subject from the pulpit because I think money is so important. Yeah, you heard me. I'm a pastor saying money is so important. Money is a huge deal in our culture. And so although it's taboo for a preacher to talk about money, we have to talk about it because of the significance and the importance it plays in our culture. Today in our society here in America, money plays a big part in our culture. But the truth of the matter is that is nothing new. The, the culture that we live here in America, it's nothing new that money plays a huge part in our culture. As all the way back in Jesus' time, and even before then, money played a huge part in their culture. So much so that Jesus and, and these other uh, writers uh, of the Bible, they talked about it over and over and over again. Here's four statistics on money from the Bible from Tide.li. First one is nearly 25% of Jesus' words in the New Testament deal with biblical stewardship. We'll, we'll talk about that word in just a bit. Number two, 16 out of 38 of Jesus' parables, uh, again, a parable was kind of a story that Jesus told to make a point. 16 of 38 of Jesus' parables deal with money and possessions. Nearly half of Jesus' parables deal with money and possessions. One out of ten verses in the Gospels deal with money. Now, now those first three statistics, uh, they, uh, they were impressive. But to me, this fourth one was super impressive to me. It says, there are more than 2,000 scriptures on tithing money and possessions in the Bible. That's twice as many as faith and prayer combined. Wow, money is talked about, money, possessions, tithing is talked about over and over and over again throughout the scriptures. Talk about twice as much as faith and prayer. You know what that tells me? That tells me that money is an important topic that we should even be talking about in church. It's, it's a huge topic in our society. It's a huge topic in our culture, and it's a huge society in the scriptures, now, when, when, when God inspired his writers to write about money and to talk about money, he, he didn't want these writers to write about money because he's broke and he needs help from us. No, not, not even close. God owns everything. Exodus, Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 states, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my tre treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. That's God talking. All the earth belongs to God. Job 41 verse 11 states, who has first given to me that I should repay him. Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. Again, God talking. Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. And finally, Psalm 24 verse 1 states, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. So the whole world and everybody who dwells within it belongs to God. So when God inspired the, these writers of his scripture, he, he didn't inspire them to write about money and tithing and our possessions because he needs help from us. No, God doesn't need our help. 
God owns everything, including you. God, God owns you. He, he, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world, and those who dwell therein. Everything, everyone belongs to God. So since God is the rightful owner of everything we have, this means the money and the possessions that we actually earn ultimately don't really belong to us. They belong to God. They belong to God. So when we're talking about giving God our best money, really we're talking about giving God back our possessions and the money that really ultimately belong to him in the first place. And so we are stewards of the world, which belongs to God. Uh, again, this term biblical stewardship is a term uh, used pretty often uh, in Christian circles, especially when talking about money. But steward, not really a word we use a whole lot. A steward is uh, just a person employed to manage another's property. So basically, kind of, we're, we're employed by God to manage his property, God employs us to watch over this earth and to watch over and to watch out for one another. We, we are stewards of God's possessions. We are managers of God's possession, and that includes the money that God has given each and every one of us as well. And so we should, we're, we're, when we're talking again about giving to God, we should be giving God our effort. We should be giving God our time and giving God our money. Yes, we're giving it to him, but really... We're just giving it back to its rightful owner. I mean, if you were to borrow a screwdriver from me, it's expected that you would return it to me. And so we're just returning the time, the effort, and the money that God has blessed each and every one of us with. And so this morning, we're, we're going to be uh, going through a, a short story about a person giving their best money to God, the, the best money, the, the, the most amount of money that they could give back to God. And, and that story is found in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 12, verses 41 and f- through 44. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Mark. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just the second Bible in, uh, or the, not the second Bible, the second book uh, <laughs> found in the New Testament. So Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44, we'll be reading about someone who gave their best money to God. Before we get there, I'll give you guys a tiny bit of background as we jump into kind of a a middle of a story. So before uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 41, we see that Jesus is teaching in the temple. It says in verse 35, and as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, and then in verse 38, it says, and in his teaching, he said, and so that what we're seeing here uh, in verses 41 and 44, we see beforehand, Jesus was teaching to the people in the temple. And, and kind of the, the main topic at hand were, were these rich people, the scribes. He was talking about the scribes and how the scribes can be hypocrites. They're full of hypocrisy. They care about what they wear on the outside. They care about their actions that they show to everybody else. But on the inside, they're hypocrites. They devour widows' houses and, and so forth. So that's where we pick up in, in verse 41 of chapter 12 of the book of Mark. Is Jesus, he, he's done teaching to the people in the temple. And it says in verse 41, And he sat down opposite the treasury, So after he was done teaching, he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. 
And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, one, two, which makes a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. So here in the story, uh, as, as uh, the writer Mark is describing, as Jesus is, is done teaching to the people in the temple, he takes a seat from across the offering box. They, they would, uh, we, we pass out the offering plates or whatever, but they had an offering box where they would uh, put their offering in, offering back to God. And so Jesus was sitting down opposite the treasury, opposite the offering box, and he saw many rich people putting in large sums into this offering box. And then after all these rich people were throwing in these large sums into the offering box, all of a sudden, this poor widow comes along, and she just drops two single coins, two small copper coins into the offering box. Too very small, not worth very much. A footnote in my Bible uh, talks about that it would be about one sixty-fourth of a denarius, and a denarius was about uh, was a day's wage, an approximate day's wage. So this was a tiny amount that this poor widow was putting in to the offering box. But Jesus says something very interesting about the rich people who put in a lot of money and this poor widow who only put in two small copper coins. Jesus says in verse 33, as he called his disciples to him and said to them, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. So here, this widow, as she only offered two small copper coins, Jesus pulls his disciples on the side, as he would often do, and teach them about some deep meaning. Jesus pulls his disciples aside, and he says, listen, you see all these rich people putting all all, all these coins in the offering box? This poor widow, who put in two small copper coins, gave more than all of these rich people putting in a large sum of coins. And so how, how is that possible? And that, you know, Jesus isn't just bad at math. You know, it's not that he just can't count that two is more than a large sum. No, Jesus, I, I'm sure he, 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 he was educated. Um, so it wasn't just that he didn't understand that two was uh, not more than a large sum. No, Jesus was saying that the widow put more than the rich people because the widow gave all that she had. The widow gave all that she had. He continues and explains uh, how he talks about this poor widow put more than all these who contribute to the offering box for or because they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. So these rich people, they, they were giving out of their abundance, and I'm sure it, it, it was a nice chunk of money, It was a large sum of coins or a large sum of money. And here, this poor widow who only put two coins in, she gave out of her poverty. And she put in everything she had, all that she had to live on. So the rich people, they they put in a good amount. but But the poor widow, 
And it's not saying, oh, poor widow because her husband, husband died. No, she, she is literally poor, and she is a widow, and she gave all that she had. In other words, she gave her best money to God. She gave her best money to God. And Jesus says that this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance. This poor widow gave her best to God. She put her faith in God. She would literally not be able to eat until she earned more money, for that was all that she had to live on. That was all the money that she had she put into this offering box. She put her faith in God. She trusted that God would take care of her no matter what. This, this poor widow is, is incredible. She, she is a hero of our faith. And so not only did, did this poor widow give all that she had, but, but it's important for us to understand the culture and the society uh, that Jesus lived in. The woman in the time of Jesus, they did not have nearly as many rights as women do today. You know, it's awesome that, that the women have uh, equal rights uh, with men, or at least close to equal rights with men today here in America. However, 2,000 years ago in the culture and society that Jesus lived, it was nowhere close to that. Women, whether you like it or not, women back 2,000 years ago, they did not have the rights that women do today. It would have been extremely difficult for a widow to, to make it. To, to, to make it financially, for it was extremely difficult for a woman to thrive and, and survive on her own in their culture. For, for a lot of their jobs were big into, into physical labor, and men just didn't trust women back in that time, 2,000 years ago. I mean, just, just in the past 50 years, we've made a lot of progress in, in, in giving women uh, the rights that they have today. Just imagine 2,000 years ago. And here, this poor widow... The, the, this poor lady who lost the love of her life gave all that she had. Gave all that she had to live on. Again, this widow, this widow is a hero. She is a hero of our faith. Why? Because she gave two coins. She gave two small copper coins. And because of that, she is a hero of our faith. Because of that, the gospel writers thought it important to include this story about the poor widow because she gave two coins. And on the surface, that, that can seem like such a small thing, but when we dig into it, we, we see that she gave her best to God. She gave her best to God. She gave, she, the, the, the verse 44 says that she put in everything she had, all that she had to live on. And so there's a couple of lessons that we can draw out from the story of uh, the widow's offering. One, we, we, we can see that Christ observed what was taking place. Christ set himself uh, opposite uh, the offering box, and he observed what was taking place. Well, today, we, we, we don't literally have Christ uh, sitting opposite from us, but today, God, God, the Father of Jesus, is watching us and knows our every move and our every thought. Second, we see that in the story that Christ observed the circumstances which accompanied these actions. So Christ observed that this poor widow, yeah, she only gave two coins, 
But on the flip side, that's all that she had to live on. And Christ observed those circumstances. And, and, and that fits with us today as well. God observes our circumstances. God knows what we're going through on a daily basis. When we give back to God, God knows our circumstances in doing so, for better or worse. When we give $20 to God, God knows our circumstances in doing so. We also learn a, a lesson about the rich and the poor. And it's easy for a rich person to give out of their abundance, as the rich people here were doing so. They were putting in large sums to the offering. And most of us, if not all of us, would fall in that rich category. Nearly, I would say nearly everyone in the United States of America would fall in that rich category. And you know, it can be easy at times to give $20, $50, $100, but is that your best? And that's a question that we need to ask ourselves. Is that the best that we can give to God? But also for the poor. For the poor, it, it, poor people may refrain from giving due to a lack of trust in God. We see that, that this lady, this poor widow, had tremendous faith in God that God would take care of everything, that God would take care of her life. But it would be so easy for someone who was less fortunate to not really trust that God, took care, that God will take care of us. And we can show that God will take care of us by, by giving back to God. You're putting your trust, you're putting your faith into God. And so whatever it may be, and it's going to be different for, every, for everybody, but whatever it may be, we need to be giving God our best resources. And that includes our effort, that includes our time, but that also includes our money. And, and, and again, it's a taboo, so I, I, I'm uncomfortable right now, uh, talking about people giving their best money. It's not a fun topic to talk about. It's not a topic you want to talk about. Truth of the matter is I don't care much what you guys want to hear. I, I only want to talk about what God wants me to talk about. And I'm guessing God wants me to talk about money and possessions and so forth because he inspired his writers to talk about money over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And so it's a topic that we should be talking about in church as well. And, and again, I don't like it either. And I know you don't like it as well. But we'll do it for God. We'll, we'll, we'll give God our best. Giving God the best of our resources. And again, that includes our money as well. And so a great way to give God the best of our money is to live by the give, save, give, save, and live principle. I, I've heard Seth talk about this, so this is probably nothing new to you guys. This is a, a well-known principle in, in Christian circles that works very well for any economic status, whether you're just trying to get along, whether you are thriving financially, give, save, and live. Sometimes you aren't quite able to, to save if if you're uh, really in a rough spot, but we should always be giving and living at the very least, but I would also recommend saving as well. So give, save, and live. I think that's the order in which we should do it. We should give God first. We should give back to God first and foremost, giving God the best of what we have, giving God the best of our money, giving God the best of your money, giving God the best of my money as well. And, and I'm not going to talk about this give, save, give, save, and live principle as I'm sure uh, at least a good chunk of us are familiar with it. But, but your priority should be give, maybe save, maybe not, and then live on what you have. Giving to God the first and foremost. Giving God your best. 
when you give back to God, when, when, when you give back your possessions and your money back to God, back to its rightful owner, you should be asking yourself, is this the best that I can give to God? For the poor widow, the best that she could give was two coins. Two coins. I'm, I'm sure that didn't do uh, financially a, a lot of great for that temple. I, I'm sure two small copper coins, weren't, they weren't able to build a large building because of, but that was the best of her money. She gave her best to God. And, and God and Jesus, they're not asking for anything more than our best. They weren't expecting the widow to put in a large sum of coins. But whenever we give, we should be asking ourselves, is this the best that we have to give back to God? Is this the best that I can give to God? And so there's a number of ways in which we can give back to God financially through our money. And again, when I say our money, when I say my money, again, we have to understand it's not really ours to begin with. It all belongs to God. We are just stewards. We're just managers. Kind of like if you're into sports, there's an owner of the team, uh, owner of all these different sports teams, but the managers really do the work. They're the one figuring out what to do with, with what. And here, God is the owner, and we're just the managers. We're, we're, we're stewards. We want to be biblical stewards of God's possessions, and that includes our money as well. And so we're talking, so again, talking about a number of ways in which we can give our money back to God. One way uh, you, you can give to your home church. Th this is the obvious one. Uh, you can give back to God by giving back to your home church. Hopefully, your home church, if it's not North Hills, is seeking to do the will of God. So by giving back to your local church, you are, in effect, giving back to God. We at North Hills, we exist to grow closer to God and expand his kingdom. So when you give to North Hills, you're giving to that vision of us all growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. So that's one way in which you can give God your money is through your local church. And I would support that notion of supporting your local church, your home church, whatever it may be. A second possibility is through foreign outreach missions. And most notably, I want to talk about LHI. Uh, as my dad talked about this morning. If you didn't know, that was my dad talking about LHI earlier this morning. Uh, Lord's Harvest International, LHI. It's our conferences, missions, organization. It's the Church of God General Conference way of spreading the gospel message throughout the whole world. So another way of giving God your money is by giving God or giving your money to LHI. That, that is one great way to give your money back to God is through providing and supporting the great work that LHI is doing. There's three, three reasons in particular why I personally love to give to LHI that really is qu quite rare. Number one is that 100% of the money that you give to LHI goes towards the mission. When you give $20 to provide Bibles in Africa, guess what? $20 goes towards Bibles in Africa. That's pretty cool. Not very many nonprofit organizations give 100% of your donation to the mission at cause. So that's number one. Number two, we're helping organizations and believers throughout the world that believe like you and I, that believe like us. And that's quite unusual. It's awesome to be able to help our, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world who believe in the one true God, Yahweh, who believe that God is one and Jesus is his son. That is awesome to support those missions throughout the world. 
So those are the first two reasons. The third reason as to why I love personally love giving to LHI, our, our missions program, is that you get a big bang for your buck. You get a big bang for your buck. I, I'm, I'm a frugal man. I'm all about trying to find the best money. Jane, Jamie's constantly getting on to me about being cheap. She thinks I'm cheap because I'm trying to get a bang for my buck. And let me tell you, you can get a bang for your buck and giving back to LHI. Uh, one of my a big examples I use is that we can, as, as my dad talked about earlier, we, we can create churches in Africa, church buildings for $2,000. That's incredible. If that's not a bang for your buck, then, then I don't know what a bang for your buck is. So other ways that we can give back uh, to God is by helping a, a fellow brother or sister in Christ, like we were doing with Ken and Deanne earlier this morning. Or we can be supporting a separate Christian organization that is giving back to God and his people. Any way in which you can help people grow closer to God and expand his kingdom is a way for you to give God your money. It's to give back to God the best of your money. Again, any way in which you can help people grow closer to God and expand his coming kingdom, that is a way for you to give your money back to God. Whether it's through your local church, whether it's here at North Hills, whether it's at LHI, whether it's through helping a fellow brother and sister in Christ, whether it's supporting some other Christian organization, any way, any way in which you can uh, provide support financially to help people grow closer to God or to expand his kingdom is a way in which you can give your money back to God. And, and there's a number of ways. It's not just through our local church. I'm not here uh, advertising, giving money to North Hills. No, I I think that's great, yes, but there's many other ways as well in which you can give your money back to God. And not only giving your money, but giving God the best of your money. Giving God the best of your money. Because again, in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 and 44, we see the poor widow who, who, who was just barely getting by financially, and she gave all that she had. And because of that, she's a hero of our faith. She is a hero of your faith. She is a hero of the Christian faith because she gave all that she had, even though it was only two small copper coins. And so my plea for for each and every one of us is to strive to give God the best of our money. And again, that's going to look different for everybody. It might be two small copper coins for you. Or it might be a large sum of money for you as well. Whatever it may be, and that's something you have to decide for yourself, but whatever it may be, I'd encourage you and challenge you to give God the best of your money because I believe we are called to do so. And again, I don't like talking about this, but, but money, possessions, tithing, is talked about over and 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 over again throughout the scriptures. It's an important topic because it plays such a huge role in our culture. And we need to be giving God the best of our money. And when it comes to money, we will either worship money or we will worship with our money. We will either worship money or we will worship with our money. We will either have a love for money or we will love God and and love him through our money and giving him the best of our money. Let's pray. 
Father God, I just thank you for uh, this church. I thank you for uh, this church building uh, and the huge blessing it is to all of us. Father, I thank you for uh, the numerous blessings that you provide for us on a daily basis that go unnoticed, like the air that we breathe, the, the water, the food that we eat, all of your many blessings that you pour out to us. God, I want to thank you for each and every one of those blessings. And Father, I pray that we can be a church that gives back to you the best of the money that we have. Father, I, I pray that, that we can be cheerful givers, cheerful, generous givers back to you, its rightful owners. And Father, I pray that we can be responsible, generous, and, and godly managers of your possessions here on earth. And again, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this building. I thank you for all the work you're doing in and through us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.